know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 greatest game in the world myself Mamuzi, alongside me as always mr bj armstrong bj armstrong representing his iowa hawkeyes today in that polo tee oh and uh i want to give a shout out to one of your iowa hawkeyes who's that who's that caitlin clark she just oh, dropped yes. a triple double in front of a record 55,000 fans. They played a basketball <laughs> game in an outdoor American football arena. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> let's go, hey, as we say vote, let's go Hawks. <laughs> and, um, and, and listen, Kaden Clark's going to be a star. When she gets the WNBA, you'll be able to play with her in NBA 2K25, assuming she yes. gets drafted next year. You can play with yeah. the WNBA players in NBA 2K24 and the regular NBA, not regular, should I say regular, how do I phrase it? The men's yeah, NBA I, players. You know, yeah, you, that's yeah, yeah, not, no disrespect you know what intended. Is. You know what it is. Know what you I'm know what it about. is. The NBA players and the WNBA players. It's all love. Their WNBA finals are going on as well. And um, you you know how it gets. But uh, we're going to talk about the NBA a little bit today, BJ. Okay. Because all right. uh, the saga all season long that's been going along with uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Right? Oh, okay. Today, um, we had a report come out that Daryl Morey is holding up the deal and the Clippers have offered the Sixers a first round pick, a draft pick swap and expiring contracts for James Harden. Okay. And Daryl Morey doesn't seem to be happy with that. It looks like the Clippers have taken Terrence Mann off the board. So I want to get your perspective on this because in my eyes, I see what Daryl Morey is doing and I'm not mad at it because I'll be doing the same thing. Which is what? Because... If the only things you're getting back are a future first round pick and a pick swap and expiring contracts, you're not getting back talent on the same level as James Harden, right? So right. you're trying to compete for a championship with Joel Embiid before he wants to leave to go to Miami. Right. So if you're going to trade James Harden, you've got to get back a player who's going to keep you contending. You know, Milwaukee have, have paired up Damon. Damon, Giannis, and Boston have got five stars that are just unbelievable, even with with a six-man. Um, it's an arms race over in the East. So if you're not getting back anyone who's going to help you contribute for a title immediately, there's no rush to trade it. Because at some point, James Harden, who's on the final year of his contract, is going to have to play basketball. If he sits out the entire season, the rules of the collective buying agreement state, if he withholds his services, then... The he can never sign a pro basketball contract ever again until the Philadelphia 76ers give him permission. So he is going to, he doesn't have the leverage in this situation unless he's going to pretend to be injured all season long, but we'll see how that goes. But I think it's just a stare off. And Daryl Morey is saying, if we're not getting a player who we believe can help us, you're just going to stay here and you're going to end up playing for us anyway. But I wanted to get your perspective on it. Well, you know, Daryl Morey, without again, I want to say this. Daryl Morey has a has a has a bigger problem than James Harden, and that's that's Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to end one of two ways. Either they're going to get a player back that Joel Embiid is going to feel that can help him, and he's going to stay in Philadelphia. And if he doesn't get a, a a player, a current player back in the now time frame, not future, not, you know, draft picks that can help you two, three years from now. 
if they don't get a player right now, Joel Embiid is going to either choose to stay or he's going to request a trade himself. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a, a game of cat and mouse. This is just matter of fact. They need to get a player. Okay. James Harden doesn't want to be there. Fine. However, what's interesting is there aren't many people that are moving. The, the reigning assist leader in the NBA has not got okay. long to hey, that, that, That's crazy. To me, that's that to me is the most shocking thing of all of this. Not the requests, not what's going on in Philadelphia, is that the other 29 teams aren't willing to trade a current NBA all-star caliber player. Mm-hmm. Now that to me is the most telling thing it's, out of all of this. Especially even in the playoffs, you got to think like yeah. the games Embiid was injured, he carried them to a win against Boston. So now that's letting me know that what is being, not what's being said publicly, it's what's not being said. Because James Harden is an all-star caliber player. Mm-hmm. He puts up massive numbers. He led the league last year in assists. But what would what would hold up a trade right now when you when you know this caliber player is available? So this is letting me know, you know that hey may, maybe you know maybe these teams are afraid of what has happened in the future in the past with with everything that has gone on over the last what two or three years with James it was like a lifetime yes and now you're saying now it's a very specific place so I think if I think the LA Clippers they have the talent they have the collateral to make a trade and make a move if they so desire it however what they're saying is they're not willing to part with their high level caliber players to get James Harden, which to me, I find very interesting because the Clippers more than anyone, they have enough talented players to part with if, if they so wanted James Harden. It's, it's a big risk for the Clippers. Uh, I mean, the reason why a lot of teams aren't interested in James Harden, or one of the reasons is that he's in the final year of his contract. As we said the other day, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, both in the final years. I mean, they have player options next year. Um, but if they opt out of those, they'll be hit free agency as well. Uh, but if they were to acquire James Harden, and you've got Kawhi, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, you've got guys like Bones Highland, Norman Powell. Do you see, well, some of them would have to go out in order to match the salaries, but do you see the Clippers as the favorites in the West if they were to get James Harden? No, I I, I don't. I, I think Jokic you know, is, is the, is the favorite, you know, I, I think until someone beats the champ, you know, I, I, I like Jamal Murray. I think he's coming back. He'll be better than a year ago. You know, can't forget that he was, that was his first year back from an ACL. Yeah. I think he should be stronger. Um, And I like their team. So I, I get it. We can talk about names. However, let's talk about what's on the, what's happening on the floor. I like the Sacramento Kings. You know, no one's talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. I think, you know, with Marcus Smart and those guys, I think they've done a nice job. Steven Adams will be back. We can't forget they finished. Third. They finished last year in what was second? Third, third second, place second, was it Sacramento? Third, second, second or third best record in the league a year ago. That feels like and, so long ago. Yeah, and they're and, and, you know, and I think they 
they're a team that no one's talking about. Of course, you know, Golden State, the Lakers. So I, I, I think it's up for grabs. You know, I think New Orleans will imp- be improved. So I think the West will be tremendously uh, competitive. And do I think the Clippers will be in the mix? Yes, I do think they'll be in the mix. However, I'm not willing to say they are the favorites uh, as we begin the season. Well, we played a game the other day where we were reacting to the general manager survey. And today, the good people at Bleacher Report have put out 10 hot takes that we're going to react to on this show. Okay. Some of them are a little bit wild. Um, Starting off red hot with the Oklahoma City Thunder will earn home court advantage in the NBA playoffs. So they think, let me find it. Andy Bailey of Bleach Report says that the OKC Thunder will be a top four team in the West. It's a hot take. However, they have a player who is a top five player now, Shea Alexander. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's really a hot take. I think now what they're really saying is, Shea Alexander, it's time for you now to display you've already been, you know, you, you, you've already been voted as first team all NBA. Now they're with that success, individual success comes responsibility. So I think what they're saying is Shea Alexander. Now it's time for you to carry this team at the very least in the top five in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, I don't know if this team is ready to do that. However, certainly when you look at their roster, it's an exciting roster. Right, you got Giddy, you you have this kid Chet Holmgren, and 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 you know they have some really really nice pieces right now. Jalen uh, Williams made a late run at Rookie of the Year Jaylen, as well. I feel like Jaylen if more people Williams watch is, OKC, he would is, have got more love. The Dort the Dort kid is terrific. Yep. So I I would say that it's time for the, them to be in the top five, top six. However, I would not be shocked if they're in the top four because I'm telling you. I watched Shea in the summer and I was like, wow. Last mm-hmm. year, I mean, he was he was a point he he just destroys smaller guards. He just destroys anyone that's six three and below. I feel bad for you. You know, I I I I happened to I ran into him at All-Star Weekend last year mm-hmm. and I asked him, did he have something personal with small guards? And he said <laughs> <laughs> because it, and you know, he just destroys small guards. I mean, he takes them right on right in the post, shoots right over the top of them. So I actually respect that. Do I think the team is ready? No, I don't think the team is ready, right? I don't think Chet is ready to hold down the center position right now. Yes. You know, we can't remember. This is his first season. However, however, Mo, I like their future. And I think it's inevitable that we should, within the next, let's just say three years, expect this team to be a top four seed. Mm. Yeah, in the if next they, three if years, they for sure. Yes, if they're, if yes. they're healthy. Well, the next take is from Brian Toporech, um, who says Alperen Shengu of the Houston Rockets will win the Most Improved Player Award. Who's your pick for Most Improved Player this year? I, you know, I, I got to see it. You know, I, I'll I'll let you do that. You, you're much better at that stuff than me. I I got to see it. I got to see stuff to to see. Look, I, I have no idea. But okay. what I do know, what I do know is that. We got to find the player who is going to really increase his minutes from a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I have no idea who that player is going to be. You know, who's going to be the most improved player. But we're going to have to find that player well, who's going to improve his minutes. 
You know, I you know who looks like could be the most improved player is Kaminka. If you're just saying preseason, what I've seen, I mean, Kaminka's had a couple games over like 25 points already yeah, off I, the bench. I, I mean, Chris Poole's going to be that to help like, him as well. In like 25 minutes. He's not like doing this in like 30 minutes. He's like been very efficient. I just saw him the other night versus the Lakers. I mean, this kid is really looks like he's ready to take a leap. Now, he's still coming off the bench. Now, you know, and then Draymond Green's still not playing. So I don't know if he'll have the minutes there for him. However, if you give him the minutes from what I can see in preseason, this guy's a 20-point scorer. And at some point, we're going to have to find out who he is because I, I think it's inevitable that they're going to have to put this kid in the starting lineup at some point. He looks like okay. that type of talent. Okay. Um, well, bringing it back to Alperen Sengun, no one's a bigger fan of him than me. I mean, I remember telling you way before he got to the NBA about this kid in right. Turkey. Um, and I think he's extremely talented, and I feel like Houston have been underutilizing him for a long time. He wouldn't be my pick for most improved player because of the rest of the talent on that roster. I mean, they've just given a whole bunch of money to Fred Van Vliet. They've just signed Dylan Brooks, who has never seen a shot he doesn't like. Jalen Green is still there. Jabari Smith Jr., you know, another top pick in the mm -hmm. draft is there. So there's a lot of talent, and, and they drafted Eamon Thompson as well. But this quote from Ime Adoka, where he said, anytime you have a big that can initiate the offense, whether it's from the high post or off the block, you want to take advantage of his skill set. The Jokic comments are there for a reason, because he does some of the passing and has the vision and can score from different areas on the court. He's deadly in the pocket. You can hit him on the half roll and he can make all the plays. That just makes it easier for everyone else. Now, I love hearing that because it means he's going to have an expanded role in the offense where he was kind of overlooked previously by Coach Silas. Does that mean he's going to win most improved? Because typically they just give it to a guy who scored a lot more than last year. Um, I mean, I don't know what the criteria is for most improved. There's no way to empirically judge what that is exactly. Um, I don't think he'll win the award, but I think he will put a lot more people on notice and people will stop looking at me like I'm crazy for talking about how good he is like they currently do um, because he's one of my favorite young players in the NBA right now. And I think he's extremely talented. I feel like, you know, um, players who move situations often have a good chance at this award. Like I look at maybe like an Obi Toppin, who's now over in Indiana. He's just going to be running up and down, flying in transition with Tyrese Halliburton to find him. I think that's a good situation for him. And he could put his name out there a little bit more. Um, most improved could also be a player who had a really bad season last season. What if Russell Westbrook comes in and has an amazing season for the Clippers? Well, I, I think it's impossible for him to win most improved. I mean, come on. I mean, the guy's been MVP. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this, but if you're judging this, it based on improvement from last season where he was sent away by the Lakers and everyone thought his career was over to now the little glimpse of resurgence we saw in the playoffs to then having a full season of it, especially if Kawhi or Paul George is injured and the Clippers are making a run in the West. I could make a case for it. I'm going to do a better job this year on the podcast of really taking deep dives into these narratives. Like I never felt his career was over with. I never felt like. Neither did I. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm talking what about where people. I'm yeah, talking about the general came. consensus. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to do a better job fans. this year of, of these narratives. Because we're talking about Russell Westbrook. We're talking about a guy who has played in an elite level for, you know, over a decade. An, a former MVP. And then all of a sudden, 
we're saying his career is over with. Like, how it, we're talking about a guy who shows up every night. Mm-hmm. You can say one what you want few. to say about him. One of the few. Yeah. You could say what you want to say about the guy. Here's a guy that shows up every night, and we're like, oh, his career's over with because he plays every night. Like, like, come on. Like, but this year, I'm gonna really take a deep dive and not just give my views on it. I'm gonna take like I need I need some receipts, as you guys say. Hey, I'm gonna show some receipts because this is this is like getting to be ridiculous. Like these narratives now are getting to be like, and it's like and we talk about opinions as if it's 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 like facts. Like, no, like okay, I respect your opinion. However, that doesn't mean that it's that that is factual. So I'm going to do a much better job this year. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Number three on this list <laughs> is from Greg Schwartz, who says he thinks the Atlanta Hawks will trade for Carl Anthony Towns. And give up who? DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kobe Bufkin, and first round picks in 2024 and 2028. Since it takes Towns' four-year $223 million extension off the books for the Timberwolves, and um, it adds some length, playmaking, and shooting around Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, and company. The trade helps keep Minnesota from reaching the second tax apron, something that could be a possibility when Towns' extension kicks in, and Jaden McDaniels is going to need a new deal. He's a player who could be most improved, by the way, Jaden McDaniels, because I think not enough people watched the Timberwolves last season. I think he's a player who could win most improved. Um, but yeah, so he thinks that, <laughs> hilariously, Adding Carl Anthony Towns at the five to a team which has Trey Young at the one is you know a good idea. I, think it, you, I was thinking of Carl Towns. I, I, I do think the Minnesota Timberwolves will probably move Carl Anthony Towns. However, you know what? You know what the team I think will move Carl Anthony Towns for? Can I guess? New York Knicks. Uh, New York Knicks. That was my guess. Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle and Carl Anthony Towns are two really good players who probably need a change. Mm. Okay, and I think Carl Anthony Towns. You know, I think he will fit with the Knicks, what they're doing, pick and pop. They want to shoot threes. That's how they want to play now. And I think Julius Randle would really compliment Rudy Gobert. I think that I, would be, I think that would be, I think it'd be a good trade. I, for I don't teams. know if putting Julius Randle on the same team as Ant-Man is the best for Ant-Man's growth of his game. Because you're taking the ball I, out of his hands and shots away from him. Well, okay. If you're saying they're going to play the same style. They play a different style of, of a oh, different yeah. style and different brand of basketball. And it's highly unlikely that Julius Randle will be able to impose his will on Anthony Edwards team. No. Okay. So if you're saying he's going to play the same style that they played in New York. Okay. I, I would agree with that. However, they're going to get up and down. Mike Conley and these guys are going to push the ball. They're going to play fast. And I think that would be a good fit for Julius Randle playing with Rudy Gobert. He won't be fighting for, post position, so forth and so on. One's really physical. The other is more finesse and shot blocker. I think they complement each other and what they and what they bring. And I think it would be a good fit for Anthony Edwards to have another 20-plus score in the playoffs next to him. So I think that would be a good fit. I'm interested I, to see that. Yeah, I think it would be a good fit. I think it would be great teams. for Jalen Brunson as well, that little pick and pop with Cat. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. I think it would be a good I think it would be a good fit. I is Cat now fit. just class as a power forward? Because if he's in New York, he's got to play alongside Mitchell Robinson. Otherwise, you have no rim protection on that team. Well, I think Cat is really a stretch five. Well, he can do whatever he, he can say, whatever he wants to say. But I think he's a stretch five. So I think he can start at the four and play the five because, you know, Mitchell Robinson, they're not running anything from Mitchell Robinson anyway. Nah. So yeah. I think that probably fits Cat 
they can play Hardenstein and these guys, let them do the dirty work and those guys. And I think that fits for Cat. So I, I see that being a good trade possibly for both teams at, at some point during the season, especially if New York doesn't start off fast. Well, a scorching hot take, the fourth one from Andy Bailey again, says that the Orlando Magic will make it to the NBA playoffs. I, I would say that next year. I Not like their team, year. though. I, yeah. I, I I like their team. I I like their team. I, I, I like what they're doing up there. I think I, it would be great for them to get into the play-in this year. I want to see them play meaningful games this year mm-hmm. by the end of the season. And that would be a tremendous accomplishment if they were to get into the playoffs. However, I think the following year, I think that's realistic. And I think that should be the goal is to play meaningful games this year and get to the playoffs the following. I mean, that duo of young stars in Paolo Banquero, the rookie of the year, and Franz Wagner, um, you know, if they make a big leap, that would be very interesting. They've got Wendell Carr as well at the five. It's just the guard positions. Who's really going to solidify? Because at the moment, you've got Fultz, you've got Cole Anthony, and you've got Jalen Suggs. And then, of course, you just drafted Anthony Black as well. Who's really going to grab that and take command of being that third, quote-unquote, star on that team is, is the question I need answering. But I love the young core that they're building in Orlando. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we, we're always looking for a star. However, I think all of those players just have to get healthy right now. You know, can Suggs stay healthy? Can, uh, you know, Anthony stay healthy? Can Fultz stay healthy? And if they can stay healthy together and play 60, 65-plus games together as a group, with Wagner and all of the players that they have down there. I think this team is a, I think they're a very talented team. I, I think they've done a really nice job um, with the team, the roster construction, they have depth, they have athletes, they have big, strong athletes. So I'm, I'm looking forward to their progress. Certainly that's going to be a tough game when you go down there. I think it's to the Amway center. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know they're going to be they're going to be a good team, a good young team for sure. But I think next year, uh, this time we should expect them to make the playoffs. Oh, another team in the East talking about the playoffs from Zach Buckley. He says the Indiana Pacers will finish top six in the East, so they'll avoid the playing entirely and automatically qualify for playoffs. I'm, now, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm not as high on this team as others. Why not? However, well, the reason being is. You know, it, it's it's hard mode to play with expectations when you haven't done it. This group hasn't done it. Like, do we like their individual talent? Yes. Do they have players who who are paid now like stars? Yes. Do they have a shot blocker defensively? Yes. Matherin, this kid, looks like he could be a star. Obi Toppin looks like he could be an elite role player, possibly star. Halliburton now is, you know, he's what he's a max player. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, here are the facts. Here are the receipts, as you guys said. Okay. What did they do last year, Mo? What was their record just a year ago? Let me get it for you. Yeah, let's pull it. Let's pull this up so that we can, so that we can, we we can just give the facts here. Okay. Last year they finished eleventh, uh, thirty-five and forty-seven. Okay, they're thirty-five and forty-seven. Okay. So, Mo, if they improve by 10 games, which is incredible, they're 45 wins. That's an amazing turnaround. 
So I'm going to say I expect this team to improve anywhere from five to seven games from a year ago. Well, when they had Turner and um, Halliburton on the court at the same time, they won 54% of the games. That would have been seventh in the East, uh, the 10th most efficient team in the NBA, and that would have been sixth in the East for efficiency. So if those guys are healthy, just those two guys together on the court, bear in mind, Mathurin was in his rookie season. He'll be improved. Uh, Obi Toppin, like we talked about, also adding Bruce Brown with his championship mm-hmm. experience and his leadership. I think they can improve more than five or six games. Okay. Uh, again, the NBA that that I used to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You're saying 10 games. Like, oh, yeah, they're going to improve 10 games. No, I, I when you improve 10 games, that, that's that's an incredible turnaround. Like 10 wins, 10 games in the win column. That's like superstar status. That's like you hold that for like Shaq, Tim Duncan, David Robinson. Those guys are able to turn your thing around to that degree. Wimbenyama, like if he can put 10 wins from last year's team. That's an amazing thing. However, I like their team. I like their young pieces. I think they're going to be well coached with Carlisle. However, if they can get, if they can play 500 basketball and get 41 wins, that's like what, six wins from a year ago? Six, seven wins? Yeah. yeah. To me, that's more realistic. That's realistic with this group. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 again, I would love to see this team slip into the playoffs the way they're constructed. Now, the reason I say that is because Bruce Brown, to me, signaled that they are going for it. Yeah. Okay, you don't get Bruce Brown and say, well, we're trying to get better. So I think for this group, they want to say, in the next two or three years, let's see how good we can be before these guys come up on contracts. Because I think this kid, Matherin, I think he's a player. Mm -hmm. Halliburton was a nice pickup. I think that was a great trade for Sabonis to go out to Sacramento and for Halliburton to come there. So that worked out for, for everyone involved. So let's see. But if you're saying 10 wins, wow. Like, well, that's, well, that's I think, wow. That, I think a lot of people are high on Ty- Tyrese Halliburton because the sixth take on this list comes from Eric Pincus, who says Tyrese Halliburton will make an all NBA team. That well, means okay. he'll be one well, of the well, six he, best he, guards he, in the NBA. And for me, you've got Steph, Luca, um, Shea. That's three spots taken already. And then Dame now in Milwaukee, that's four. And then you've got like Fox, Donovan Mitchell, um, Jalen Brunson, yeah. Drew Holiday, nice. James Harden, uh, Jalen Brown. Listen, like it's gonna be tough. Tyrese Halliburton. And I, I didn't even mention Booker and Bill to play at an elite level and everything will be fine. Okay. All those individual awards sound great. Sound good. Da, 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 da. If he's playing at an elite level, which he should be able to play at that level mm-hmm. with any guard, he has size, he can pass the ball. It may be an un- unorthodox shot, but Hey, he shoots it. Hey, and it goes get in. it how you get it, bro. And he's a good defensive player. So if he plays at his level, they'll be fine. The big thing for this Indiana Pacers team is how can they get in the playoffs? You know, what we're expecting them to do is what we saw, excuse me, the effects of Jalen Brunson when he came to the Knicks. That's what we're expecting. So let's see. And they'll have an opportunity. 
And there will be a lot of expectations there, as it should be. But a lot of it's going to depend on their health, of course. Okay. Um, well, the next take, the uh, number seven take on this list, comes from uh, Brian Topperesh as well. Um, but I don't think we need to spend too long on it. But he says James Harden will be traded, but not to the Clippers. And the team that he looks at here is the Pelicans offering CJ McCollum and draft compensation. He thinks that Harden could be the connective tissue that's missing between Zion and Brandon Ingram. How would you like to see Harden on the Pelicans? I don't think they do this at all, but how would you like to, that fit hypothetically if it was was going to happen? I, I, I don't like that fit. I, I, I don't like that fit. I, I, I don't like that fit. And what I want from the Pelicans is this. Health. <laughs> okay, Mo, you took it right out of my mouth. One, I want health. <laughs> Okay, I want health. I I want this team. I want Zion and Brandon Ingram to play a significant amount of games together. Mm -hmm. 65, 65 is my number. Mm -hmm. If those guys can get 65 games, everything else will take care of itself. Second thing, if there's anything that they need is defense. Mm -hmm. Defensively, this team is going to have to get some identity. Because they're not a team who can play full court and defend. They're not a shot blocking team. Okay. They aren't, they aren't an overly aggressive team. I mean, they have athletes. However, they're not like long with Herb Jones. So forth and so on. Okay. Herb Jones is there. I think this team has to figure out who they're going to defend at the point of attack, which is the point guard position. Okay. And they're going to have to put a defensive player. Somewhere in between uh, C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, I don't know where that's going to fit, mm-hmm. but but you got to be able to defend those wing, those athletic wings, Herb Jones, and then the one kid I can't recall Alvarado he's hurt this year. Alvarado's there, Trey he's a point guard. Yes, I think that's the kid that's hurt. One of those yeah. kids, is, yeah, yeah, is, is hurt this year. So I think they're going to miss the Murphy kid. And Herb Jones has to play because of his defense. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how they're going to utilize Valanchunas, but they got to figure that out. So defensively, I think this is I think they're going to have to really figure out and solidify their defensive schemes. Yeah. Because offensively, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram and Zion can score with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And both will command on most nights a double team. Uh-huh. Zion for sure every night. And JV can get it cooking if he needs to. JV can. And However, it, it, again, you're going to have to exploit Zion. CJ is going to have to, again, this is just my opinion. CJ McCullough is going to have to fill in as a role player. Mm-hmm. Because Zion has to be the featured player. Mm-hmm. He's a problem. Yeah. The next player that will command that level of touches will be Brandon Ingram. And then everyone else has to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now, do I think JV is a nice option if someone gets in a foul trouble or yeah, someone's yeah. not able to play? JV is a very capable player. Do I think CJ McCullough is capable of stepping in? Yes. However, if those two guys who should care, they got to carry the load this year. Yeah. Because if they don't meet expectations this year, Mo, they will break that up. Yeah. Okay. So 
CJ McCullough and all these guys are going to have to figure out how to play, take a backseat to those two. And then let's see how far those two can carry. Because just a year, no, two years ago, they were in the playoffs and they gave Phoenix everything they wanted without Zion. Without Zion. This is what I'm saying. So we know that they have talent. However, their health is the number one priority. And let's figure out if those guys can play a brand of basketball that can get their best player, Zion, to the playoffs. Because, Mo, if he can just get to the playoffs and they're healthy, yeah, that's a problem. Uh-huh. Okay? That's a problem. Uh-huh. Well, the next take is from Zach Buckley, take number eight. He says that Joel Embiid will request a trade during this season. He won't even wait for the summer. You know the well, business I, side of the game. Well, Do you see I, that I think as he has. To, I think he has to wait and see what happens here. I think everyone has to wait to see what happens, and and I think that is that is the million. Really, that's the million dollar question. Literally, who are they going to get in return for James Harden? Mm-hmm. And again, that's been the most shocking thing for me. Is you haven't seen team step up and put an all-star caliber player out there for a caliber like James, for a caliber Expiring player, James Harden. James Harden. Yes. I mean, I'm shocked at it based on what he has done. Just looking at his statistics. However, you know, maybe those guys know something we don't know. And that to me is fascinating in watching all this, because, you know, when you have a guy who's leading the league in assists just a year ago, and then you can't, you're getting future <laughs> draft picks. I mean, what is that saying, Mo? I mean, maybe it's a foregone conclusion that he wants to play for the Clippers next season, regardless of who he gets traded to. So teams don't want to give things up for a guy okay. that's going to walk this summer. Well, okay, that's fine. Well, if that is, that's limited in your opportunities to get to where you want to go. Yeah. So if that's the case, let's see how it plays out. Yeah. However, if they don't get something back, I do agree with that take that James, that Joel will probably ask for a trade. Man, it could be a crazy trade deadline. Take number nine is scorching hot from Greg Schwartz. He thinks the Golden State Warriors will miss the NBA playoffs this season. And he puts this down to age. Chris Paul is 38. Steph Curry is 35. Clay and Draymond will both turn 34 during the season. Add on six finals trips. 149 total playoff games over 14 uh, over 15 postseason trips, Chris Paul. And there's a ton of tread on these tires. So unlike you, who's believing in Kaminga, Greg thinks the Warriors are going to fall out of the playoff picture immediately. I will say this about the Warriors. If the Warriors are healthy, they will make the playoffs. But I will say this about the Golden State Warriors. Their room for error is very small now. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. There's room for error because well, everything has to, if everything goes right for this team, they, they Chris Paul and, and Steph Curry and those guys, they will figure that out. Those guys are excellent basketball players. However, Mo, this 82 game schedule is a monster. And as you get older, it gets tougher and tougher to get through that 82. So let's see if they're able to manage that and get through it and do what they have to do 
and get themselves into the playoffs. I think, Bo, their 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 window is closing for sure. They're going to have to play an elite brand of basketball where they're going to have to do this as a group. Okay, it's not like you can give the ball to any of those guys at this stage of their career and they can just carry the thing. But I think together they can play a brand of basketball where any given night, you know, Steph Curry will probably have bigger performances than the than the others. Talking about Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kaminga, Wiggins, uh, Chris Paul, but if they can. Every night, though, Mo, one of those guys are very capable of carrying a game. Mm-hmm. So I think that together as a group, I like their team. I like their experience. However, Mo, at this age, anything is possible, and you just got to you got to see. You know, this is like, they're at the age now where you can show me better than you can tell me because we all know they are a championship. They're a championship caliber team, and now it's just a matter of them staying on the floor. Well. Take number 10 comes in from me. And I want to know your thoughts on this one. This season coming up will be the best season of the Hoop Genius podcast that we've ever seen so far. Big facts. <laughs> That's the take of the day. Big facts. Big facts. You know, Come on, dog. you know, big facts. You know what, Bo? I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 we've had some guests on here, and there's a kid, Mo, that, and I don't say this. I've only probably said this a couple times in my in my NBA life. This kid, Wimbenyama, has my attention. <laughs> okay, Mo, he has my attention. Wimbenyama, right now, Mo, he's not there yet. But Mo, he is a couple of summers away from you and I having to post up literally down in San Antonio in the Alamo. Mm-hmm. Because Mo, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the matchup I want to see this year. I want to see Wimbenyama guard Giannis. Because I just want to see this love. Mo, you know my dream. What's my dream, Mo? I want to see seven first in one I, school. I, Mo, I've been saying this forever. And Mo, and just watching Wimbenyama, it's just Mo, it's like my dream is coming true. Where you're seeing seven footers now. They're not, they are not just adapting to this style of play. They're creating a different brand of basketball. Like, Mo, you can't play small ball. Versus Wimbenyama. I don't care how good your guards are. I, mm. I just don't care. Bo, I don't care how good your guards are. I don't care how skilled they are. You can't play small ball versus Wimbenyama. No. You need bigs now. Okay? Yeah. And you need multiple bigs because, Mo, this young man is going defensively. He's going to change some things mm-hmm. he's going to change some things well, on the defensive end everybody's talking about I, offensively I, I, and all that I took so a trip. i'm excited i took a trip to the film room and i've got a breakdown of when Benyama's game coming for the people on the hoop genius youtube channel so they need to head over there and subscribe so they don't miss that 
because well, I've yeah, seen. You... So, I, I mean, everyone sees the flashy highlights, but I've seen a couple things that made me say, mentally, the way he's reading the game, even though it's preseason, it don't look like a kid who's been playing in Europe his whole life. You know what I'm saying? I've seen a few well, crazy well, things. I've seen a few things, well, and I was well, like, you know, because well, well, most just... guys like Giannis yeah. and Jokic, they took a while to get adjusted to the NBA. Luka Doncic is the only one who really came in and straight off the bat started killing everything. And this is going to be the next one, Wemby. Well, here's the thing. We put more emphasis on adjusting to the offense. Just because you score 20 points don't mean oh, to play. I'm, I'm talking about defense. I'm okay. talking about defense, my brother. Okay. Here, here's a, Here's the advantage. We know Jokic's shortcomings as a defensive player. There's just no, well, what is he going to do? He came into an era where small ball was the dominant thing. So there was no post play. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was no post defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guys aren't picking and rolling anymore. They're picking and popping. And he came into a league where they're switching on defense. Okay, so everything that he can't do was exposed. All right. The other kid, they had him for crying out loud playing the point guard position earlier in his career. We didn't know if he was a three, a two, a five, and he's now settled in at the four. The thing about Wimpinyama now is that he is seven four, seven five, whatever he is, and he has a skill set of a six six guy. So this is a different player because now he can mimic the small ball, but you can't mimic 7-4. This is the difference between those two. Now, what we do know, his weakness is, can he handle when those big guys take him to the post? Mm -hmm. See, we can't get carried away with all There ain't too many bigs that are really going to take him down there. but Mo, but there are bigs that can take him down there. You couldn't name more than five that are gonna okay. get to do it regularly. Jokic can take him down there. One. What's the what's the kid from from uh, Dallas can take him down there? I'm not Dallas. I mean from uh, from uh, Phoenix now. Nurkic. Yes. Can They're not giving there. Nurkic post ups on the team with Katie and Mo 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 Mo. We could we will always expose the other team's weakness. We will always expose it. That's what we do. This is the NBA. Mm-hmm. We're, we have to you if so if you're playing Wimbenyama, what's your game plan? You can't play, let him be on the perimeter because he he'll dominate the game. You can't not do it because the only place he can't effectively affect the game right now is post defense. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna it's, have him guarding KD anyway. Okay, that's fine. But we can switch and we can figure out how to get a switch. We can figure that out. You can put Joel Embiid on that post. You can put players on. You can put let Steven Adams and these guys rough them up. Valanchunas. There's big enough people to do it. However, however, you know, it's going to take a commitment because we're going to have to figure out how we're going to play because if you just allow him to stand on the perimeter, he's going to truly 
he's not a mismatch mm-hmm. when you when he switches. It's not like let's switch to get the seven four guy in the in the play like they no, do Rudy Gobert. Let's switch to get him away from us. You switch and, and you run I'm to saying. the corner. So now if you put him on the weak side, Mo, he basically be just comes what he's he's already elite at. He can block shots from the weak side. The only thing he can't do is he can't defend the ball on the post. He just doesn't have enough low lower base strength yet. So if you can attack him on the low post with screens, you, you're, you're, you're a little bit too old. At one point, Mo, we used to run what's called UCLA cuts to I the know. block. I know. Screen away and bring the big to the post. Yeah. Okay, Mo, you got to do that versus him. Why? Because you got to <laughs> occupy him. You have to occupy because if you just let him float around, Mo, he's literally, he's blocking mid-range shots, Mo. Yep, he's blocking everything. I mean, so at some point here, you have to do it. You, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to attack his body. There's no other way to you. What, you going to shoot over the top of him? No. You're going to go around him? No. You, you can't like even if you cross him up, him. he can recover. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so the only thing you can do now is you're going to have to attack his body. Yep. You have to attack his body. That means he has to. You got to set screens on him. You got to force him to hold position on the box. You got to do things that you know right now he can't do because if once he learns how to do that, Mo, it's over. Like literally, Mo, it's over. Just like I always tell you about Giannis, the moment he gets a consistent jump shot, it's over. It's already <laughs> over for you with him. <laughs> well, only time is going to tell, BJ, and I'm looking forward to uh, breaking it down with you all season long. And you guys at home, make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this. And we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Make sure you get a copy of NBA 2K24 from the link in the description. While there, you can join our Discord community where we talk basketball all day long. Most importantly, get buckets.